what's good y'all welcome to an episode of the gen tv podcast and before i get into tonight's show please hit that subscribe button the like button drop a comment get us to 700 subscribers we are almost there but very as close always, guys your boy Ease. and a on the sauce guy and as always we got a very very special guest wow, this is the special of the specialists this is this is family yeah, right? yeah. This, this is borderline family <laughs> definitely we got carlos the ceo of generation 3k yeah. in the building today what's up with you bro yeah i'm here i'm here I'm, I'm happy to be here thank you for you guys for inviting me in it's been a long time and i'm finally here we're ready so for the ones that are watching right now, and if you ever thought about starting a clothing line, a clothing business, this is the episode for you because yeah. this is exactly what this man did. Mm-hmm. So, but you didn't do it the traditional way because no t-shirts. I would say in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of people start their own clothing lines, right? But they usually take like they take the street wear route, but you didn't. You went the suit and tie way. Which what made you even like choose suit and tie? And like formal wear instead of like the typical, you know, like street wear. I mean, I wanted to do something that was good for me, that was true to me. I'm a suit guy. Whenever people see me and I'm out, I'm dressed up, slacks, button ups. So I wanted to kind of appeal to people that I I was already familiar with, you know. So I came from that background of working in retail here at Brass Mills Mall at Euromoto. I would design mannequins and, and I've always been a person that surrounded myself with um, the well-dressed and the gentleman's community. So when I wanted to start the business, automatically that's what I thought about. But I would rather wear a suit than a sweatsuit. Really? Absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. Yo. I, yeah. I like more comfortability. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like, but I mean, like when you put on a suit, there's no... There's a feeling there's no that it gives you. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm like an occasional suit wear right but so you wear like suits on the regular if i could wear a suit all day every day i would for sure you need to be like somewhere then down um, downtown manhattan or some shit man. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know i'm a i'm still a person that likes to work with my hands so you know um that's one of the things that was most appealing for me with suits is you now i'm from a construction background so i would be dirty and dusty five days a week but on saturday and sunday I'm super clean, you okay. know? So that was one of the appeals for me initially is that it's, this is something that I can transform my image with. And when I realized that so many people also desire to transform transform their image, it just was like a no-brainer. I just need to get into suits. Okay. So was this something that you were always into? Or, like, how did you get, you know, to the place where you just like being well-dressed? Like, where does your inspiration come from? Well. You know, growing up, I would say all my life, you know, I grew up, my mother was a seamstress and um, she was the head seamstress at Playtex. Okay. They made the brassiers and stuff like that. Right. And Barbados. And my father, he only had custom made clothing. So he would always, whenever he gets something made, mm-hmm. whenever he gets something made, he would always, whatever fabric was left over. Right. I would get something made out of that. So he would choose a fabric and I would get the remnants and okay. make me a suit. So I grew up just around cloth and custom. Well, you were making suits stuff. as a kid? My mom was making stuff. Okay. You know, so I grew up seeing sewing machines in the house and my sister was a singer. So she would always pester my mom anytime she had to sing. She needed a new outfit. 
So my mom would make her dresses and different things did, like that. Did you touch the, the sewing machine when you were a kid or not? Never did. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's a tough thing to I, do as a boy. I, did, <laughs> I didn't touch the sewing machine till my mid-30s, but I didn't realize how much I learned from just seeing it. You know, so when I actually sat behind a sewing machine, it was like, I've seen it done so many times that it came so natural. Mm-hmm. So like you, so when you first started um Generation Three, okay, were you like making the suits yourselves or were you like outsourcing? Like how like and, how and, was like so, just from the real beginning, right? Like mm-hmm. how what was your first suit idea? Like when did you actually get something like on you, like that you made or that you got made? Well, Generation Three Kid didn't start as a suit company; it started as a tie company. Oh, so I was only making neckties, and this is something I did from like 2014. I would um, sell neckties, and they kind of fell off. Like many people do, start a dream, and then I mean, kind of just wilted away. You don't, you don't blow up on the second night, right? You're like, <laughs> right. Hey, so I, I kind of was like, yeah, I, I was kind of like, fuck. I it. thought I was onto something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I made a little money. I was selling ties three for twenty, and I'll go around to different churches and stuff and sell ties. But so Generation Three Kid didn't start as a suit company; it started as a tie company. And then I started to transition into suits. So when I made my first suit, I actually outsourced it. Okay. Because I wanted to see how it's made. I wanted to test fabrics. And I brought in from the factory, I had 10 suits made. I didn't know who I was going to sell them to. I had a couple made for myself and a couple to sell. But I had to make random sizes, but just fabrics and patterns that I liked. And that's kind of how I started from that space. Yeah. So how did you actually get in contact with like these? Like, I'm assuming this is like overseas, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you just like go on Google? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because prior to that, I, I was doing import. I used to sell shea butter and black soap. So I was importing from like Ghana and... um and burkina faso in africa so i was used to importing goods from overseas it was just taking that to like china and spain and pakistan different places that had great fabrics that i liked and learning the language and the culture so i could communicate and get the goods that i needed so that's how i started in terms of um um, outsourcing it and going overseas to different factories yeah so it seemed like you pretty much just kind of like, you know, piece together a lot of like learned skills <laughs> yeah. throughout life to kind of place you where you are right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't know that because I saw everything before that as a failure. Right. So I didn't know that everything that I learned was part of my process, my learning process. Why did you consider it a failure though? Um, Because I didn't see it as a success. You know, I didn't make it big. It wasn't, you know, I saw some shea butter and stuff the ladies at the bank and right. you know shit like that but i didn't see it as like i didn't make a million dollars you know yeah, yeah. so i didn't i had a bar for myself that i didn't make and when i didn't make it i quit you know i made might have made ten ten thousand dollars for the year on a side hustle i was like yeah fuck it so you're kind of like that dude that sense. walks into like every barbershop like trying to sell like <laughs> I, yeah i did like that, that. Oh, yeah so i did like that i did in that in barbershops and in banks and stuff and i would tell the women listen I can take any scar on your skin. I would get great air shit, but I could take any scar on your skin and transform. And you use this product for 
30 days it's going to remove the scar or the blemishes or acne scars and all that and that's how i started but yeah. i just it wasn't consistent you know i mean so how did how did you like how do you stay consistent then because so you started off as a Thai company, right? And then mm-hmm. you, you saw that that wasn't like really doing as well as you wanted. And so you transitioned into suits. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm sure like when you started the suit thing, right? That wasn't like overnight process either, right? Like I'm pretty sure there was some struggles with that or did that come a lot? Was that easier than selling ties? It was easier because it was a bigger ticket item. Okay. So it didn't require... I got more. Yeah. I got more. Okay. So one one tie sold versus one two suits sold is a totally different price bracket. So it was more rewarding to me. So it made more sense to put more into that, you know. Um but in terms of um overall it was it was hard. It was hard getting started. Like I I bumped my head a million times. I dealt with different factories, um, a lot of language barriers. Um, my ideas weren't always executed the right way. I had customers early on that, that, um, that I struggled with, you know, producing the things in the right time or making the right amount of profit. So just learning how to navigate the finances of it, I would think was the hardest part. The fashion and what people liked and what people gravitated towards, I already understood from working in retail. But it was about, you know, how how do I price my stuff? And I do I price my, my, my stuff where it's cheap and everybody can afford it? Or do I price it where it's a little in the middle yeah. and I'm making more profit you gotta, you where gotta, they want to like, put reali- it? Or you got to fill out who am I really selling my product That part. To. So I had to understand what my customer what customer I wanted. And early on, I realized that, you know, although I can sell to a customer and maybe give them a $300 suit, right? That's cheap. A $300 suit? It's it's really cheap, right? That's like five Um, suits together, right? Right? (laughs) So it's really cheap for $300 suit, but that customer also would be, they wouldn't know exactly what they wanted, so there would be a lot of changes. And I just got a lot more flack from customers on the lower price bracket versus when I raise it to 600 and above, the customer comes in and says, I want a custom suit. This is what I want. And they have a better understanding. So there was less complication in terms of how we communicated and what they wanted. So people at the higher tax bracket didn't really complain as much as the peasants. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I mean, but we hear, we we've heard this we've heard this before where like people, you know, raise their prices to actually get value. It seems like, you know, when you're spending money, you kind of already like it's like you said, when you're spending a lot of money, you already know what you want. Like right. if you're, you know, lower down on that scale, like all right, I got more options. Yeah, it's like, always the people yeah. trying to get fucking deals that complain the most. Yeah. 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 And my starting price was 350 on my suits, which is and fucking I, I, crazy I, I, like everyone for, that I started with, I still honor that price. Right. Sort of my very loyal core three, four people that fuck with me in the beginning, I still honor that price, you know. But like with anything else, when people you can have a Mercedes that costs eighty thousand dollars or a car that exactly built and you take the tag off and you put forty thousand dollars on it, people think the 
the one with the logo on is it's, better. It's a better vehicle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yo, the business that you're in, I want to say it's, I. This is kind of a bold statement, right? It's not, it's not even almost quality. It's just really about the name, right? Because I feel like that's what mostly clothing is, right? It's like a brand, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of quality clothing out there that's just very affordable, right? But it's not that desirable, right? Because a lot of people dress to impress, especially with a suit, right? Especially at that, I think, like, the average person who doesn't really rock suits like that, they're not really looking at, like, suits, how they probably look at, like, um like shoes right. or T-shirts, right? Like, oh, like, that's a Gucci shirt, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like as you go up, like, in the higher end of people, like, in the higher tax bracket, like, they recognize suits, right? So, I'm like, I'm assuming that's what you want your suit to be. You want to be like, yo, when, when you, someone rocks your suit and they're like, oh, shit, like, I know he paid this much because that's a Gen 3 suit. Kind of like red bottoms, you know? Like, you, yeah. you see, see the bottom of red bottoms, you're like, okay, I know that that's... This is a person with money, or this person has, has kind of, kind of. But <clears throat> there's a feel that you have when you wear my suit, okay? Because, because I've been wearing suits all my life, I know what fabric feels like. I know how it's Yo, supposed to flow. Them, just... Yeah, I know what fabric mm-hmm. feels like. I know what how it's supposed to flow on right. your body. So there's just that knowledge that I'm bringing to the game. That when I deliver a suit to a person, they feel it on yeah. their body versus just a price tag. But that, 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 that wealth of knowledge that I'm putting into that suit. So when I take your measurements, it's going to fit you a certain way. You're going to be able to be comfortable sitting down or putting your leg up or, right. you know, whatever it is. So for me, that's where my value is, is in the fact that I'm not just a person selling suits. But I've lived this suit life all my life, yeah. and I actually only make something that I would wear. That's a good point you said about comfortability, because I would say with the suits I've bought, which has not even been three hundred dollars, I'm talking like uh, I, I buy a whole three piece for a hundred. So, <laughs> but that's my main issue with wearing suits is the comfortability factor, because mm-hmm. most of the time when you rock a suit, you're stiff, or at least mm-hmm. I am. You feel me? Like yeah. my arms, if I move this shit, like it's almost robotic yeah. with my arms it's just like kind of tugging on my shit yo, so maybe that's what i gotta do yo to get more into zoos is actually start spending yeah, the money yeah, and get yeah. something that's like custom made and what yeah when it's tailored for you and and i'm i'm five eight so uh you know i'm average height but on the shorter end so for me i would always have to buy something and then take it to a tailor and get it tailored and that was always a struggle for me you can know? we get into the differences like some people that that aren't into fashion that aren't into like custom suits like what is the, the overall difference between buying an off the rack suit versus getting a custom made suit like what where's the value Price. in that Price. Uh, <laughs> not, not so much i mean every car drives down the street yeah but you're going to get in a, a honda or you get in the maserati there's a totally different feel down to the leather how, how it feels the the options that you have, all all of that is what you, the world you enter into when you're getting a custom suit made. You have, I got over 6,000 fabrics. When you go in the store, you might have five or 10 different colors you can choose from and one basic style or two basic styles. I can style it anywhere you want. You can get bell bottoms. You can do whatever. You, you can go as crazy or as timid as you want with my suit so the custom world just opens it up for you as it would be 
when you get in a higher end luxury car, you get the stitching or no stitching mm-hmm. on the seats. You get the heated and cool seats. So, right. so everything is tailored to your desires. You Yo, know? It's like McDonald's. You get it your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which yeah. is like, if I guess I'm, I'm spending top dollar, I, like, I, I would expect like the what suit it? to fit me. Like I want to sleep in this shit and not be yes, like wrinkled the yes, next morning. Yes, yes, So walk me through the process of me getting a suit from you. Like, Say I want a suit that's green with yellow polka dots here and then red polka dots at the bottom. Like, do you do you draw this out? Like, do we meet in person? We can if if you if you require that that much detail. Okay, I can draft something out for you. That's not a problem. But generally, it will begin with me getting what an idea or consultation on, so I can get an idea on exactly what you want. Okay, then. Uh, we'll go through some fabric selections. I take your measurements with either virtually. If I can't make it there, you'll have someone come in with the measuring tape and I'll show them okay. the measurements I want. I'll come to you and I'll measure you, which is which is how I always prefer to do it. And then I'll put your suit into production, you know. And then what happens from there? Like you contact your like source that's like, yeah, so I'll contact I have I have around 15 tailors that work for me. Okay. And you know, we can pump out anywhere from 600 to 2000 suits a month. Yeah. Um a lot of the, the my cuts are done by laser now. Okay. Versus hand cutting. But we can also do hand cut. Is there hand a difference sewing. between laser and, and I mean it's just cutting? faster, you know? What I mean technology. No, but like as a as a customer, is there something like that I would notice? Like no, it's no different. Okay. It's just in how the fabric is cut. Okay. Versus somebody cutting it with a, a scissors, you know, you put it on the table and the laser cuts out all the measurements. You know. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I'll 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 send it off to, um, any of my tailors and they'll get everything made. The fabrics are already there, so I don't have to have the fabrics. Everything is there at the factory, and they get it made. You know. Okay, and then how long does it typically take to get to me? Like if uh, I order on, it today, on a slow in the slow season, three to four weeks. In the busy season, like prom time now, it'll be five to six weeks. Oh, so that takes some yeah. time. Yeah, so it takes time. This ain't like an Amazon Prime show. No, no, no. It takes time <laughs> because you know it's, it's a whole lot of things going into it. You know, buttons and buttonholes, and you know, there's a lot of things that come together so it fits right, and then they. They spend hours just clipping loose threads off the, you know, stuff. So when you get it, it's spot on. So what exactly is customizable? Like, what can I customize on a suit? Everything. You can customize the buttons, how many buttonholes you want, what kind of stitching, what kind of threads you want to show. You can customize the, the length of the sleeve vents. You can customize the lapel styles the width you can customize the the lining on the inside the pockets on the outside you can customize everything on the jacket so what if like i'm you know having a wedding or something are you able to like put my name in there put a specific picture put a specific message in there if if you have a picture that you want i could put your picture in the lining so when you open up your jacket you can have you and your girlfriend or your wife's picture (laughs) And in, in on the lining of the jacket. Really? I mean, I've done that for weddings before where I put together, um, they've put together a collage of pictures 
for the lining of the the blazer, the the, the, the groom's jacket. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. to me, but I mean, to each his own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like just like wearing a, a you know, wife and husband's t-shirt or no, I hate it's the shit. same kind of you know i get it I but yeah, it's the same I, I thing i see that in public it's, that's a fucking broken man they really say yeah, yeah there's same an appeal team jordans to it. and the- there's, <laughs> yeah there's an appeal to that right. you know what i mean some people really feel that is significant and they want to share the memory in that way and plus most of the time a person that gets a suit for a wedding only wears that suit one time so when they hang it up in the closet it's like that's the memory. And like the you know, why don't... It was, it was hanging up your retirement day, yo. Yeah. What's crazy, the fact is... <laughs> well, the fact is that, like, when it comes in terms of, like, weddings, the bride's dress gets passed on through generations, but the, the groom's the groom's you suit... think they still do that? No, there's not much. So. You don't think so? They don't do that anymore? Not like, much. No. Uh, maybe it's a fairy tale thing growing up. I always see, like, the... No, I think that was a thing before. Really? Like, I don't think, like, they passed down. Y'all think each bride... Nowadays is so just self centered and there has to be a <laughs> nah for real. Like you, yo, you watch you ever watch like these wedding shows? Bridezillas? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like they're like yeah. the whole world revolves. Yo, mm-hmm. it's funny, when you watch a wedding nowadays, it's almost like the husband is like irrelevant to the situation. Like he's no. just a mm-hmm. he's just a guy there. He's just a funding, the the bank mm-hmm. for the but, yo, but one of the things that I've been doing with my business is helping wives to understand that the wedding day is as much about the man as it is about the woman. So the man needs to be dressed well. So a woman would go out. I do wedding dresses as well. So a woman would go out and spend three to five thousand dollars on average for a wedding dress, and the man would go out and spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a suit. Not even. Now he looks like shit. His shit is not tailored. You know, it's it's not fitted right. All the groomsmen look like you know they they bought this shit at Woolworth or Dollar Tree. <laughs> and she, but she's and her yeah her and all her. Her bridesmaids are spot on. The jewelry, the accessories, everything is on point. So I've been helping couples, especially in with marriages, understand that the men need to look just as good. Yo, that's a good service. I've always noticed that that like when you see a wedding, right? Like the woman's dress is like flawless, elegant. Yeah. Yo, the guys here you got a black suit, yeah, black, <laughs> black and yo, black yeah. and white tuxedo that don't fit. It's kind of loose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yo, do you do you think um? It's almost purposeful. Like, do you think of like, because, yo, your suits are bold. I've mm-hmm. seen them. Like, they're not regular suits, right? Yo, do you think of a bride would even allow a man to wear a suit like that? To the because yo, you're stealing attention yeah, from the bride. Yo, the you, you rock that. one of your suits at a fucking wedding. Like, people are going to be looking at the groomsmen more than the, the, um, the bride. I don't think that's going to fly. Well, I mean, I just did a wedding in Barbados. Shout out to Desiree and Dwayne. But I just did a wedding in Barbados. I did the bride's dress. And she had the mermaid look on. And her thing was off the chain, clean and elegant. And he also had something that was loud and bold. And um, he had a Tiffany blue suit. And and, and both people, (laughs) both people drew attention respectively. You know, so it wasn't a competition. Yeah, it wasn't a competition. But you did both. But yeah, I did both. So but but me personally, my personal style, I'm a bolder person style wise. So that my average client isn't gonna wear what I wear, and 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 isn't gonna be comfortable or confident enough to wear yeah, you what gotta, I wear. You gotta have balls to wear. That's just me, yeah. right? But I cater for everybody because I'm not selling suits to myself, right? So 
uh, that's understandable. I don't expect everybody to to or to show up in a wedding. How I am going to show up for my wedding? You know what I mean? That kind of way. Yo, how did yeah. you? Like, what makes you wear those kind of suits? Because I mean, they're loud. Like once you right. Like, I grew up in a calypso pink house. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, how but many yeah, that's people? Like t- I mean, you know, most, how many most people? Other countries are that's kind of typical, right? Like so, house. so mm-hmm. I've always embraced color. I, Barbados is a place of color, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, you know, and I told you, my father wasn't afraid of color either. Okay. So I grew up around men that were just men, and didn't give a fuck about today's kind of standard. You know, like what gray, not? blue, black, brown kind of the average stuff that a man will wear so i grew up around color and just fabrics and so it's just something that speaks to me and i don't really do it for anyone else i do it whatever i see a fabric and i like it that's what i'm gonna make a suit out of just like that just like that i don't care if it's maybe seen as a gender bend or whatever but like the fabric i like it i mean it. You know, luckily for today there's only such thing as gender anymore so you can mm-hmm. wear whatever fucking yeah, right, right. Like, yeah. That's the, out the window. F- for me they're always in gender but you know so i would always see things as a gender bend but if i like the fabric i like it and i um i, I like art and you know i like angles and shapes and dimensions and so Whatever speaks to me is what I go with. You know who I think was a big um, pioneer in men wearing, like, gender different colors? Mm. Fucking Dipset. Dipset? Yeah, Dipset had everybody (laughs) in in pink in New York. (laughs) Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, for sure. I remember if you even wore anything close. Yo, if you wore a red that was a little bit too Mm. bright. Yeah. that was the issue. Uh, what yeah, what Jay Z said, it's not pink, it's mauve. It's yeah. mauve, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yo, but like, I remember in seventh grade, you know, Cameron had the, the pink Range Rover, like, they had all that shit. And I remember, like, yo, dudes is like legitimately rocking pink. Like, yeah. No issue. But I, I'll be honest with you, the whole um, neutral colors and earth tone colors is more of a European thing than um, uh, black or African culture because all African fabrics are colorful. Okay. With lots of patterns. You've never seen a African fabric that's just plain. No, yeah. You understand? So we're really cut from that claw. Right. You know, but as we want to be more European and we are in a culture that's heavily influenced by European design and style, we tend to go with the solids and that kind of stuff. But our fabrics from our native lines is not colorful. I mean... Yeah. So, have you ever seen a, a pattern or a style that's just, like, too wild for you? Where, like, I am bugging out with this one. Or, like, this is, like, completely out of my comfort zone. I guess any... Have you ever had any fails, right? When you made a suit. Like, in the process of making the suit, you're like, all right, this is going to kill it. And then you, like, had it on. You're like, oh, this is No, isn't this it. isn't it. No, I've never had that, okay. you know? It's like going to an art store and buying a piece of art and getting home, putting it on your wall and being unhappy with it. It's whatever you fell in love with at the moment before I even make the suit. Whatever about that fabric that I fall in love with is what I hold whenever I'm wearing the suit. I don't I don't feel or consider anything a fail. I'm like, I made this because of how I connected and how I felt when I saw that how piece. How many suits do you currently own for yourself? About maybe 40. 40. Yeah. I've sold some of the stuff for that. That I've made before. So maybe 40 each, each suits. Each one is above 300, right? 
Yeah, he's, yeah. Sure. Man, you got like a couple of thousands in your closet, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what? I and I give away stuff like okay. you know. I mean, if I got people in my family, <laughs> yeah, I got people in my family and stuff. I'll you know I'll, I'll give the stuff away because one of the hardest things for me because I'm so out there and I travel a lot and I wear my suits a lot. Generally, if I wear a suit and I do a photo shoot in it, I won't wear it again. Oh, okay. You like so that's the hardest thing. Who the fuck remind me? It was that Usher. I remember when I think I was watching. No, wear t-shirts. He, he, only wear, he only wears white tees. <laughs> once once right, right, right. That's it. So it's <laughs> kind of. Yo, once you take a picture with the suit, that's done. Yeah. Like you'll never see me in a flash mob suit again. Okay. Anything I, I go out and I do a photo shoot with, I won't wear it twice. Damn. It's because. I mean, I'll rock it again. I just won't take yeah, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's just. And, and because I'm in a place where I don't have to go and buy stuff. I can make what I want. That's different. I don't need to Repeat. wear the same thing. All right, hair. so this question, um, a little invasive. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're selling your suits for a certain price, right? Mm-hmm. What's the actual cost to get one suit made? I would say here's here's the rule of thumb for any business. You don't ever want to make less than 30% profits. Right, yeah. I always go for at least seventy percent profit. Okay. Right. So whatever my suits are sell, you can do the math from there. I'm yeah. bad at math, man. You got to yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, right. the the cost was is because you got to make something. You got to no, compensate your time yourself for your time and everything else that goes into it. But I want I won't generally take any less than seventy percent profits. So in the beginning. I was maybe doing 25, 30% profits okay. on those. I wasn't making a lot, but I need to get my feet wet, yeah. you know? But now, as I understand the clientele and, you know, fabrics and stuff like that, yeah, I, I want to make a, the ultimate days when I make 100% profit. Yeah, but damn, so you're making 200% profit. 70% profit. It's a large fucking margin. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Get my calculator out to do that. <laughs> margins, yeah, the margins have to make. It has to yeah. make sense, you know. Right. Um. If I, if it doesn't make sense, then why? I'm, There's why no I'm purpose in it, it, right? Yeah. So are you yeah. doing this full time, or do you? Well, I was doing it full time before I I stopped construction at the beginning of 2021. Um, and that's something I I started this in 2020, and I juggled both. I would, um do construction 7 to 3.30, come home, eat, shower, take a nap, get up, work on my business at night. And I did that for about a year. But it started to take away from my creativity because construction is such a physical job. Labor. So, yeah, my mind was just fried. By the time I get home, I already three-quarters, seven-eighths, five six teams all day long by the time i get home my brain is fried it's so hard to have a full work day and then come home and work on yourself man. (laughs) that's why why so many people don't get like anywhere in life like outside of their like current job because Mm -hmm. it just takes so much energy and dedication to like yo all right so i just work eight hours right now Now it's time to pour in me yo even as Mm -hmm. simple as working out bro bro simple as investing into a relationship like, look yeah. how many relationships fail because of, like, you know, the person is just so exhausted after work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, coming from a person that, like, work mm-hmm. on long shifts, like, 
when I come home, I don't want to deal with like being being in a relationship. So like, I did, I did that. <laughs> like, I, I, don't I did deal that, with that for the first year, <laughs> and then in twenty twenty one, the beginning, I quit my job, and I went into selling suits full time. Um, kind of, and not really. I'm never scared to leave anything. That, that I that, <laughs> no, I'm never. That's the kind of person I am. If if I feel like the season for this is over, I'm I'm gone. Or I feel like I'm not being fulfilled or it's taken away from what I need to have now, I'm gone. So I was not scared about doing the suit thing full time. I just knew it would work. And then when I got it to a point where I needed it to be, I got out of the physical part of construction and just went into, you know, um, subcontracting where I ran my own work and I didn't have to do anything. I can actually run my business in the in the day and still make money from construction as well. So I do both right now. But so, I, I quit in the beginning of 2021. I went maybe until um, September um, of 2021. I was full-time suits. And now I do both construction and Was the suits. suit um, full-time not profitable enough for you? 100% profitable. No, but not, I said not profitable enough. It's not the enough part, but I realized that, you know, I'm 41 years old and I have two gifts that are able to bring two incomes. So why take one? If I can manage both and one doesn't steal from the other, it's beneficial. It's healthy to have both. But I'm assuming if one outweighs the other greatly, you're going to pick that one, right? Like, I must, do you not? I mean, I mean, you, eventually, telling, eventually, yeah. yes. Okay. Eventually, ultimately, like I said earlier, I would like to do this and be in suits all day, every day. That's my eventual goal. But I have to be realistic of where I am. And event this my business last year, I did fifty four thousand dollars, right? Okay. With suits, right? Just wearing, okay, just with suits, right? I gotta supplement that somehow. And that's where construction came back. Is that fifty four thousand in profit, or is that like all together? I mean, I'm I'm assuming like there's a, a overhead right that costs you. I don't have an overhead because I don't own a storefront. I don't pay. You know, my 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 costs are from my home office, and that's that's really my overhead and travel expenses. Okay. Um. So that's how much I did for twenty twenty one. Now where I'm free and I have extra resources that i can pump things out and scale it so i expect to do way better and double that for this year on the suit side and i still have you know the construction thing did you reap any rewards from actually quitting your job i know you were able to you know become more creative but did you when you invested more time into it did you actually see you know a change drastically throughout like your 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 journey with the with Are you asking, like as far as happiness or something like that? Not only happiness, but you know, like we we discussed it in the past where like the more you pour into something is the more you're gonna get out of it. So with him pouring into suits like a hundred percent into it. Down. You're right. It's like I feel like kinda like the universe has to give you a reward or God has to, you know, give you the the, the repayment of like, you know, blessing you throughout throughout I that think, journey. I, th- I think the joy came from having the freedom to travel more. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, Robbie's seen you every yeah. so <laughs> literally. <laughs> you know, so I was able now to say, okay, I'm not just limited on Monday to Friday to Connecticut. I can 
you know, I can leave in the morning and be in Chicago. I can be, you know, right, right. I could, I could be. You called me on Friday. You going to Chicago tomorrow morning? Yeah, exactly. I got got no choice. I could be in California. You know, I can, I can do anything I need to do. So that freedom brought a a different level of appreciation for just where I am in life and the space that I'm at. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it definitely did something to me in terms of my belief in. Because there were certain doubts in quitting a job. I wasn't scared, but there were doubts. You know? I mean, that's because a big you, You're leaving a, a stable. Jump, bro, yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing six figures on, on that job. Right. And I left that to, to jump in. that's not thing. promised. Right. But I believed in it so much. I was like, yeah. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, I still have my skill set. Yeah. So I can always get it, get another job. See, back. I think it's easier for someone that has actual skills to mm-hmm. quit a job because yo those skills aren't going away right but like if you have a job where like you're completely dependent on someone else and like and for you to start that job back up like you have to go back to that person or someone right. similar to it it's a little more difficult you know what i mean yeah. like, you always got your own physical hands that like mm-hmm. are your like bread and butter you know what i mean yeah i'm my brain for sure yeah, yeah. i mean i don't know i feel like it you you made a good point there. I feel like, you know, being able to have a, a craft of your own that you could really, like, fall back on. Like, a a, a, a parachute, you know, or what, whatever you want to call them things, like a, a, a safety net. You know, you're able to fall back on that. But most people don't have that. I, I didn't, but and, when I made the decision, I didn't make it, I didn't make it as if I, I made it with the mindset of I'm never going back to construction. And that's how I moved. How did you feel going back to construction, though? I felt like I had two gifts, and I needed to use both of them. There was a little bit of hesitancy to go back to construction. Um, it's almost like you're kind of like breaking your word to yourself. Would you say that? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, it felt that way. Well, did you really break your word because you didn't? Go back to physical labor and construction. Right, I didn't go back to the same type of construction. I went back to on the business side of yeah. construction versus working in the union and that kind of doing way, manual you know labor. I mean? You know, so right. So I I didn't wear a tool belt after I've been back. So I can literally go to work in suits, but it's not the environment for it. You know, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so you know, you came back in a better place. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, so it's still different. I mean, I. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, damn, if I told myself, like, yo, I'm never, I'm doing never doing it. <laughs> yeah. A year later, I got to go back to it. It's like, all right, I kind of failed. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't see it as fail. I just saw it as me, me, me understanding that I didn't need to necessarily. I could do both. Okay. But I need to figure out how both can coexist oh, in the same space. Okay. So when I realized that the only way construction can can coexist is if I actually take myself out the field. And I put people in the field to work for me. That's that made yo, sense. You be, yo, you became a you know? boss in both levels. Yes, in both planes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, know, even to I mean, be, have the courage to step away from a job and say, you know what, I'm quitting this. I'm, I'm dedicating myself into to this. It's, that's a big jump. I, I, you yo. know, you know, we jump. had those conversations, yeah. and I would be like, bro, I'm working. Um, I was building a, a elementary school in Westchester, New York. And for most people, it'd be like big money. You know, my my package was eighty dollars an hour. I was taking home thirty seven dollars an hour. 
you know, and I had overtime available and benefits and full dental and full medical and all that. And I walked away from it to pursue this because it just felt like this needed my attention. Taking home $37 an hour, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You know what I mean? This needed my attention that way, you know? Yo, sometimes, like, yo, it's like calling to your soul. Yes, yes. Yo, when something like that happens, you almost kind of, like, throw out logic a little bit because, like, logically... You're taking like a risk, right? Like if you were to lay everything down in front of you, be like, "All right, I'm leaving like the most stable condition I've probably ever been in my uh, life yeah. for this," which is like deep Completely down inside, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna work. But you always have like I don't, me, per- like I don't know when I make these type of decisions, I always have like that little that little voice in my head, like, "Dude, you up?" <laughs> like, is this the right decision? I've you know? worked construction before, where I've made fifty four dollars an hour and different things like that. So I think because I've in those situations also not whenever i'm not happy in the environment i leave right i don't give a fuck about if it if it's so taxing to my soul i'm out because i've seen too many people spend years and shit that are unhappy and i'd rather be happy making minimum wage than unhappy making 54 dollars an hour i'll never make minimum wage i'll figure out something else out drive uber or something so i can make more but um whenever i'm in this in an environment that i'm not fulfilled or i'm not happy i'm bringing home the stress i'm just you know people talking to me greasy and, and i feel like i want to take you know a charge and go to jail like that's I, literally I me every day at work like i, 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 just, I just leave yo, what, so i just leave yo, that was very prolific what you just said man honestly but like how do you get like that because like I've, all right, so you're hearing him talk about like yeah. he doesn't tolerate, you know, feeling like shit at work or just in any situation. It seems like, right. right? Yo, why do you? Because I think in terms of like, as we had this conversation before, where like, you know, I didn't, again. I didn't have the skills. <laughs> I didn't, I don't have like the you know the college degree that you, you know you may have, or I don't have like the skills that he may have. Like I kind of lucked up and got a decent paying job for where I am right now. You know. Like, yes, I have the experience, but it's not hand skills, you know? Like, it's not something that, it's not a craft that I've been pouring into for years. So how long are you going to wait? I mean, how long are you going to hate your life? Until I can move on and until I can make a decision to branch off and do something else, you know? And I think that's that's where most people are, you know? We we tend to lie to ourselves and tell ourselves, like, oh, yeah, I love my job. Or we aspire to be to a place. So I aspire, when when I wasn't here, I wanted to be here. But now that I'm here, it's like, fucking drained you know and it's like we we keep doing it because it's kind of what we have to have to do we tell ourselves this is what we have to do you know like do i have to do it no i could quit my job tomorrow and fucking become a bum and like not have to worry about the stress or or you can quit your job tomorrow and become brilliant that sounded really you good. You know what I mean? Don't, I don't no, think no, it's <laughs> possible. What are the chances? But we, but we don't see it. We don't see it that way until <laughs> until you leave it. You don't see that. Like like I told you, when I he was at my house when I brought, I had seven hundred ties ready to start Generation Three Kid because that's as far as my vision would allow me, right? And three months later, I was selling suits. Now I give away ties with every suit. It's a big difference, but that's how far my vision was, and and I was happy to just sell ties, mm. right? So, so do, you, do you think your vision can limit you? Then, 
Because you just said yeah. that's as far as your vision lets you see. Is that maybe his problem? I, like, yo, do you do you have a vision? I, I, I don't of think course. I don't think your vision can limit you. And it, and it, it's a that's almost like a trick question. Sometimes your vision needs to be limited because if you see how grand the promise is, you'll be too intimidated. Ooh, okay, I can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Repeat that one more time for those that didn't get it. If if your vision has to be limited because if you see how grand the promise is you would be intimidated by what's or ahead. motivated. Because, yo, if you mm-hmm. see if you see what's out there... Mm-hmm. Yo, because I feel like sometimes when you have a vision, right, you have, like, a thought of what it's going to be like when you get, get there, there, right? right. But, yo, but what if, like, you know when you get there, like, this is what life is going to be like? That might really motivate you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yo, because it's like, it could be anything, right? It's like, when we started this podcast, right, like, we have a thought of what, like, being like a real successful podcast is going to be like so we move in a way where we're trying to achieve that thought right yeah yo but what if we knew like once you become a successful podcast like this is the lifestyle that you get right and if you know like that's what you're gonna get like you think we'd go harder absolutely i think if we knew for a fact that this is gonna be the the gift at the end of it like hey if you succeed this is where you're gonna or be at you be intimidated by i think it? you'll definitely go harder about it but the thing is that we don't know you know you don't know we could go we could give it 110 percent and be be something else you know be one of these I, other I, podcasts that just I, aren't making it and, and i think the, the intimidation factor would come for me in a situation like saying i'm gonna start selling suits and yeah my vision being smaller to sell ties at that time is because I didn't feel like I had what it took to organize the 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 network and the infrastructure to run a suit company, right? For the first year, which was twenty twenty, I was doing everything cash, right? So when everybody one was giving out the PPP loans and stuff, if I had organized my LLC in the beginning, I would have been able to at least get twenty thousand dollars. Of that free money that we were giving away, free money. Uh, like a uh, lot of people get ended up in jail. I, 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 I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have went. I would. I wouldn't have went crazy yeah, like yeah. some people went. But I would have at least got the SBA loan or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I, 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 went, bit, I wasn't organized and I was doing everything cash. Yeah, and that I I learned from that situation, like because that's the only thing I needed. They were like, "You don't have the business setup." I was like, "I didn't, I don't have a business. I don't have an LLC. I don't have a." business account i think i did my business account late in 2020 like you know what i mean okay like i didn't have things set up i wasn't all the way right i was just figuring it out yeah and the moment i figured everything out and i got an llc and i learned how to get business credit and i started to leverage credit and different things like that it just ran but you know i i didn't know what was your um your biggest hiccup that came along the way that made you feel like, you know, this might be it for me. I've never had a, this might be it for me moment because, you know, I love what I do. I never had that moment, but I think the biggest thing that I needed the most was to learn how to celebrate every win. Okay. So you never had a like a real major setback. I mean, I, I mean, all the time in terms of little setbacks, people not are changing their ideas. I've, I think, if if we talk about major, it would be I 
did a wedding for a gay couple and um it was a lesbian couple and do they both wear suits one wore suit, one, one one wore suit one wore dress and three weeks before the wedding her suit was being delivered the week after three weeks before the wedding she called me and she said my grandmother just died i lost a shit ton of weight i'm stressing and i'm like fuck oh the suit was too big it was gonna be too big like too too big like double big in a matter of three weeks and the wedding was three weeks out oh okay i had measured her about two months before i would have got her like some fucking uh Right, Max and know I'm like, get that. This back. is this is me <laughs> on the line. She was like, "What can you do?" I said, "Let me contact." She was in Atlanta. Said, "Let me contact some of my tailors out there, and see if they can do some alterations." And where is this suit coming from? Like overseas, right? The suit is coming. Oh, so there's overseas. like no changes. I actually already had the suit and sent the suit to her. Oh, so it was on a on on its way to her, like a couple of days out from her at that point but it was like a week before she had told me and um i contacted some people in atlanta and she calls me and she says can i get back at some hundred dollars two hundred dollars or whatever it was why um because she needed to pay for the alterations how was that on you though why, why should that come out of your cost just general questions. It really shouldn't. But I learned early on, and that's from working in retail. Um, not so much from Waterbury's retail, but from other people I've worked with that have just maintained successful businesses. That sometimes the customer is always right, and it's not worth getting a bad Google review Ooh. over a couple of dollars because one bad Google review can turn away 100 customers. That's a fact. You understand? Yo, because honestly, so, when I'm looking at something and I review the, like I read the reviews, mm-hmm. if I see one review, it makes me question the whole purchase. Right. <laughs> so, right. That's a, yo, that's you a understand? good point, yo. So I'm not worried about giving something back if yeah. somebody, ha- and I generally want the person to have the best experience at the wedding. Mm. It was no fault of her. Her grandmother died. Really no fault of mine that you lost all the weight. But how can I help you still? I'm still here to serve because I'm in the service-based business, right? So I had to take my head out my own ass, yeah. right? And know that, that that's paramount to everything because my name is on the line. If she puts the suit on, big or whatever, my name is on the line, right? And she's going to drop some pictures. She could either say, Generation 3K came through for me like, they, he he went above and beyond for me, or she can say this dickhead, this asshole didn't understand my situation, and that's yeah. a customer that could come back or send someone else my way. Yeah, especially in today's world, you know what what I mean? where like depending on somebody's like social media influence, it can mm-hmm. make a big difference for your business. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, because if she's like a big influence on social media and she like has a bad review about your suit, and she just could put like a little tweet. 
little post, right? Yeah. That could deter like a lot of customers yeah, away, yeah. right? Break yeah. it, but you know? it could do the opposite, right? She goes and like, yo, this is the best suit I ever wore. The guy was on point. He helped me out when I, I was at my lowest. That's, and then there's and, 100 and, customers. And, and prior to that, all our interactions were never a problem. She paid her money up front. You know, it's not. it was not a problem. So, I, you know, I learned that sometimes. And because I give so much stuff away to, it's just like sometimes you have to understand that every customer isn't trying to get over on you. Now, I've had customers that try to, yeah. to beat me in the head, but not every customer is trying to get over on you. Some yeah. people and are things genuine. just happen. Life happens. Some you know people what are I mean? genuine, yeah. Yeah, and, and if, if life happens and you're my customer, I got you. But me as a customer, I don't know. Like maybe I'm. But but also one of the things I also learned from that experience is that um, I always have to ask customers, especially women, do you plan on losing weight before your wedding? How much weight do you plan on losing? Right. So if I measure you four months before your wedding. Keep that I weight. need to know what your what is your possible weight loss, mm. so I can trim it to that possible weight loss, and leave enough fabric that if you don't lose that much. that that much, we can still make something work. That was a good lesson. But I you. need yeah, I need to know what is your possible weight loss. Did you know I, how much she lost? About twenty five pounds. Damn, that's a lot. It is. Like, For me, twenty five ain't much. It, it was a grandmother's <laughs> funeral. It was mm-hmm. a grandmother's passing, and something else that happened. Within that same time, there yeah. was like two things that happened in, in like a month period leading into the yeah. wedding. Yeah. You know, it'll be funny if you put the fucking weight back on. <laughs> like, damn, yeah. all this shit. <laughs> yeah, and and um, that was a challenge. So were you? Well, so what was the outcome? Were you able to, you know, get it tailored oh, down? Oh, we or? executed flawlessly. Well, just uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, you know, um, coordinating with the tailor there in Atlanta, and we. Maybe a day or two before the wedding, mm-hmm. everything was right and ready, and she was happy. You know, while in Connecticut, <laughs> at the end, of, at the end of the day, I put myself in people's shoes too. And if something happened like that, I would want to know that I'm not fucked a couple of days before my wedding. Yeah, because then what do you do? You try to go to Macy's or something. Like, yeah. What do you do in that situation? You plan for this custom go to suit, Walmart, grab and then something happens. Like, what do you do? H&M. It's not going to fit. You you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be the same. She came to me because she wanted something that is tailored to and 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 that incorporates her vision for the wedding. So, so I got a question because I actually went to you with um I went with you to an event in Chicago, right? Yeah. How did you? Um, get in touch with um Black Men's Wear, the Flash Mob. Yeah, shout out to Dre and Black Men's Wear, Evan. Yo, big shout out to them. The That's whole team. Yeah. Yo, if, the whole just team for everyone watching there. right now, if you've never experienced one of those events, man, like if you you may not be a suit wearer like I am, yeah. but if you got one in the back of your closet, yeah, get that I, bad boy out. And uh, Black back, Men's yeah. Wear on Instagram, check them out. Fine. But um, I I connected with him. Um, this was in March of. 2020 the pandemic was now creeping in wasn't a full lockdown and mask and all that in north carolina when COVID was chill yeah <laughs> and me and jaheem we drove down to north carolina because i heard about this movement with a bunch of brothers getting flying suits so i was like let me pull up and because i want smoke you know what i mean i'm pulling up for the competition i'm 
competitively dressing. Yeah. And um, we pulled up there, and um, Jaheim wasn't dressed at that event. But I pulled up, and, you know, I got flight. You know, I pulled up, you know, and did my thing and network. And I was like, this is, I, I like this energy. Like, you know, it's so dope. many people it's I so met. Dope, it was just a, a whole weekend of just networking and going to different events and talking with all kinds of brothers that, you know, single fathers and lawyers and doctors and, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, school bus drivers and whatever, just black men coming together and having conversations, you know, and relating about the same thing, which is we like to be well-dressed. And, um, and I told the, the founder and Andre that um, I'll, I'll try to make it to every flash mob there is. I mean, it seems like across you're at least the country. Most of them. Yeah, and I've been to eleven at this point. Eleven. Eleven. Because they have one every place. month, right? They have um last for the last two years, three years they were doing one every month, but this year they're doing one every other month. Okay. Yeah, so I've been to a couple of them. Generally, if they repeat a state, I won't do it a okay. second time. I kind of like to do it and meet a whole new side of people. Has, you know, networking with the Black Men's Wear um, network, um, has that, like, benefited your actual business? Absolutely. It kind of gives me a gauge also of... Um, what the market is like? Yeah, what the market is like in that state. Um, I've not been to an event that I haven't built new friendships or gained new customers. Okay. So Addis Lease is going to pay for my trip. Yeah. Addis Lease. Yo, have you um, gotten any um, kind of pushback when you go to these events? Because respectfully, you be shitting on them. <laughs> nah, like, yo, when you, I told you because for the people that have never seen this man's suits, like they're 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 like they're not like any suits you've seen. You know? right. They're out there. Like when yeah, you when you, you rock a suit, mm. you're getting noticed. Right, so right. when you go to these events, like are people kind of giving they you like, the side eye, or is bit? it always always love? Um, it's always love because I mean, when you're amongst winners, there's no hate. Ooh. So it's always <laughs> love, you know. Like Everybody's winning. You know, it's like if we all have high-end vehicles or we all doing a certain thing, it's not here. It's like, I'm I'm happy for you, I'm happy for you, I'm happy for you, or whatever it is. So when you're just amongst people that are well-dressed, if anything, it's inspiring for other people. Ooh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so now we're talking about networking. Like, has there any... I know you made some major, you know, networking leaps last year, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe even 2020, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you made some... Specifically, last year you made some right. some big leaves. You mind, you know, jumping into that a bit. I mean, twenty twenty it started. You know, I did. Um, you know, I was, I did Miss India Worldwide. Um, Miss India, yeah, Miss India. That's Monica Gill. Okay. You know, shout out to Monica Gill, Max Evans, Julia. You know, the whole team. Um, I did her. Um, Stokely Williams. Okay. Um, from Mint Condition, I did his video shoot, style um his suit for that, and 
um, leading into what the big events that happened in 2021, yeah, I started the process of celebrating every week really? something that happened in my life. And it was real hard for me for like the first to month celebrate? or two to celebrate. I don't mean I don't mean like go out and celebrate, but verbally celebrate. Like I actually enjoy it. Like, like say, like say, this week I want to celebrate this that I did. It was hard because I was so used to always what's next, always searching for not living in the moment. Where I couldn't live in the moment or acknowledge any moment. Okay. Because as soon as I do, I'm on to the next. Right. Or what's next is my. I'm always chasing a high. Yeah. Right? That's actually, bro, that's so true, yo. Because I, I think m- me, myself, I suffer with that, yo. Because sometimes I think what I've done with my life hasn't been that accomplishing. But in reality, when I compare it to, like, not people, gen- like, in really that way. But, like, when I compare it to, like, where I came from, it's fucking nuts. It's big. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really talk about like my humble beginnings, right. but like, like you know, I just went back to Brazil not too long ago, where I'm right. like, originally from, and it's fucking nuts to me, like to crazy. see, yo, not like where you could have been, yo, and it's right. not like the not even shit on like my family yeah. that still live there, but it's like it's fucking humbling, like yo, when you go back to your roots and you compare it to like where you are now and what you're doing it it's it's insane that that's, you, that's what why, you think, that's like, why it's needed that's why celebration is needed because it puts you in a place of gratitude right. so like i like you said you, you had the same struggle i struggle with that and you know i had a friend that we would hold each other accountable and every sunday we would celebrate you know we would say what do you want to celebrate this week and i would struggle in the beginning to find shit to celebrate celebrate, because i was looking for some grand thing but there was so many little things right in my face um that i could celebrate that i didn't know how to celebrate and when i learned how to celebrate things it led me into a whole it kind of i don't i don't want to sound cliche but the universe opened up in a different way for me Mm. i kind of want honestly i I might bite that from you. At least, like, do weekly celebration. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's powerful, man, because it really, it really speaks to your self worth. It speaks to your value as a human being, and it allows you to not go year to year feeling as if you still anything. haven't arrived. Complacent, you know. So yeah. now I'm like, no, I I'm arriving every day, right? I'm not dwelling on the coulda had beens before. I'm not in the anxiety space of tomorrow. I'm really arriving today. So I'm on the podcast right now with Jen TV, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's been a long journey to get here, you know, but it's all, and we we could have done this before, but it's the right time now. It's kind of so like the law of attraction, you know? Yes, yeah, a celebration yeah. thing. So going into 2021, back on your question, going into 2021, I had that mindset and it opened things up to me. You know, I'd already done some work with Molly. Yeah. You know, and and this was somebody that Molly was, who? Molly Music. Okay. So he was somebody that was an inspiration to me for years. You know, what I mean over ten years I listened I know every song he's written and wrote, like yeah. almost every ninety nine percent. And um and I went into twenty twenty one 
knowing that I'm a celebrate. I have arrived. I'm appreciative for everything mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm in my own business. I have a suit brand. I'm making my own shoes. I'm scaling the business. I have clients from all over the world. There's a lot to be happy about. Yeah. Right? And kind of 2020 was a little blurry. Yeah. But 2021, right? 2021, mm-hmm. I got that camera focused, man. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm pinning every great moment. I mean, and you- one of the things that for me, I realized that in my past, I would dwell longer on negative moments in my life than I did on positive moments. So I could be in a depressive state for three months and in a happy state for three hours. Old. Yeah. Right? So I think what, we've so, all so, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So 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 I started pinning my happy moments the same way I would pin my bad moments. Right? And I really stretched them bad boys up. You know what I mean? Like every you day for every day for three months I'm yeah. hype off the right. same event. Yeah, yeah. Or the same blessing or the same you know whatever I mean, it is to be honest with you you're being real modest right now and real humble but you've done stuff with travis green yeah, yeah. well little fittings yeah you've you done, I mean? you done some things with him you've done some things with um with pastor mike pastor mike yeah yeah for pastor those mike, who's yeah. the most famous person that you've gotten to work with so far i mean it would be molly okay. you know what i mean molly um stokely williams too stokely yeah stokely williams too i mean I mean, what's what's most famous? I did Miss India. She was Miss India Worldwide. She was Miss India, Miss India Worldwide, Miss India USA, Miss India New England. I mean, it's all, and India's relative. a big place. It's all relative on who who's the viewers and who, who I consider as famous. Okay. For her and her own right, she's super famous all over the world. She's known all over the globe. Right. And she... I, I actually made her first custom suit and and that was a blessing and that was in 2020 I kind of blur in the blurry thing I didn't yeah. know how to celebrate that now I do right but you know I've done the 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 stellar awards I've done the dove the the dove dove awards as well you know um just the grammys that passed shout out to my boy Felipe mm-hmm. um you know, it's part of the. I was in the room when uh, Molly was being styled for the Grammys. You right. Know? I got to look at what he was wearing before he wore it. And I'm, you know, all those moments now I can appreciate. Yeah. Because before I just listened to his music on Pandora. No. You're next to him. Yeah. Yeah. No. He knows you by name. Yeah. You sure. know what's crazy, yeah. yo? It, I mean, we say most things don't happen overnight, but I got to say, I mean, it kind of seemed like it happened like over the week. For you. <laughs> right. It happened like within for two starting years, a yeah. business in two, 2020 and then being this far into it now and being around all these celebrities, like you've come a long way very quickly. Yeah. What's do you, what's next for you? Like, where do you plan? Where, we just started 2022. What are the plans for 2022? Dressing Jay-Z in some more mauve. <laughs> I mean, you know, my plan is to learn how to just um maintain relationships you know okay i'm i'm a person that i move solo a lot right so i can meet great people and i can foster great uh, i can network great but in the long term me maintain it i could kind of be like eh. yeah whatever you know what i mean yeah. kind of thing because you know that that kind of I've, way so I've, you know i've succumbed to that i know i know exactly what you mean bro like yeah I'll, 
I can be a very social person mm-hmm. and I can like meet someone and like for that moment have such a great mm-hmm. relationship connection, with yeah. them, right? right. Yeah, connection. But like once we go our separate ways, I've I've always had trouble like maintaining that. Yes, yeah. Or even yearning not, to like want to be around the next person, you yeah, know. Like, I'm not I'm just not the type of person like I just I'm just not gonna <laughs> typically hit someone up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. when I see you it's like it's all love. Nev- it's like we never yeah, yeah, yeah. parted. So my thing is is about um nurturing those relationships that I built already. Because like with anything else, it needs some kind of attention yeah. to continue to grow and to stay healthy. Um, Why so, do you think that's important? Uh, I think it's important because everybody has needs, and I don't just want to be of service when it benefits me. But I also want to be in service when it benefits the other person. So there's things that I also bring to the picture outside the suits that could benefit a person in so many different ways. And just it's just the right thing to do, to be kind and to be to be there for to be people. A good friend, to yeah. check in on people. And I haven't always done that, but it's something intentionally that I do now right. because I realize I haven't done it before. Um, so for 2022, you know, my thing is just to keep scaling. Like I said, I started um, last year, late last year, into the, the, the ladies' line heavy, which is wedding dresses. Right. And um, my mom helps me a lot um, with, you know, fabrics and stuff because she that's what she That's where she came from. That's, that's her cloth. Like, right. You know what I mean? So she helps me with that kind of stuff. But um into the wedding dress so for the ladies the wedding dresses the evening gowns and just scaling the business just expanding my reach a little bit more so 2022 seems like it's for the ladies it is for yeah. the men already established yeah. but i definitely want to get some women fitted do you feel like and yeah. i know we're, we're we're running out of time but do you feel like you get more support from men or you feel like your main supporters are, are my know. main supporters are women but i don't care okay i love the ladies even being I a male lo- like fashion yes. brand, like you feel like yes because men wear clothes so women can approve so if the women approve it the men are going to follow <laughs> right just what it is if if you're wearing something and all the ladies are like eh you're like, are you going to go home and take it off? Like, <laughs> right. what's the point? Yeah. But if the ladies are like, co-sign it. So women have always co-signed Generation 3K before the men did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Women have always been like, I like what you're doing. Da, 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 and the men follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know I'm in the right space because that's that's why the peacock has its feathers. Yeah. To attract the opposite sex. You True. know? So. Well, yeah, so. Yo, thank you for coming on the show tonight, bro. Absolutely, man. Yo, I wish you much more success, which I yeah. know is coming. I mean, you've done so much and so little. Mm-hmm. I well, doubt um, this is going to be your, first, your last time up here, man. Nah. Absolutely, man. We <laughs> next get time, it. I'm telling you, bro, next time he's up here, he's going to be like, I just, I just put some new mob on Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, where can they um, get in contact with you if they want to get a suit made? I mean, here's my number, 203-706-872. That's my personal number. Hit me up because my phone is meant to pay me. Uh, my Instagram is generation, the number three, the letter K, generation 3K on all plot, platforms. It's on the screen behind. 
you know you can reach out to me i'm i'm available mm-hmm. telling you this man suits is fire also i want to uh, give a big shout before we leave to the black men's wear flash for mob sure, for very sure. dope movement yeah we also want to give a big shout out to carlos as well like this guy has been behind the scenes helped us out with a lot of our audio connected us with some great people we definitely mentioned him in a few previous episodes so you guys just take you guys have really you talk about my journey your your journey has been crazy in a year you know it's been crazy (laughs) i'm I'm proud of you guys man because you guys pushing you know i appreciate that bro But we definitely want to thank you for, you know, all of the work that you put in behind this. Sure. You know, we're getting this thing off the ground. For sure. You know, you're a construction worker. You do the suits, but then I do we also do too. audio also yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. you know. Man, man of many hats. <laughs> but um, once again, thank you for tuning in. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, please like, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. We really try to get the 700. It will mean a lot to us. Let's go. Drop 700. a comment and buy a suit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 700 su- subscribers might get a discount. Let's go. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that might be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>